Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Ishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Heart inspiration, heart sat down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Sis, you are not meant to wilt. You are one of the special ones. For Black, Indigenous, and women of color professionals in the social sector, Living a life of impact and balance can feel like a mythical unicorn. But what if there was an immersive retreat experience that included a diverse roster of global powerhouse experts sharing insights on real-life topics that can help you win in every area of your life? Newsflash, there is. Welcome to The Rooted Retreat. Join us July 21st through the 23rd of 2021 as we connect with hundreds of other professional women in the social sector to educate, empower, and inspire the next generation of industry leaders through a combination of professional preparation and holistic wellness. This year's theme is Evergreen, a nod to year-round sustainability. Through Evergreen, we're speaking to you if you're just starting out on your professional journey and you're in need of guidance or a new industry friend or two or 300. If your personal morale is a little low and you need a little stimulation shot stat, if you're looking to spread your wings and advance further in your career, if you're looking to expand your knowledge base within the philanthropy, fundraising, management, or leadership sector, and if you're looking to learn from and connect with powerhouse experts, tastemakers, and creatives in various fields. And guess what? You can do all this without leaving the comfort of your living room. Or better yet, why don't you go on ahead and get to the local hotel, motel, holiday inn and have a little staycation. Hashtag stay at home retreat. The 2021 Rooted Retreat Evergreen is the experience your future can't afford for you to miss. So do you and your career a favor and join a community of women who embodies everything that professional sisterhood is all about. Go ahead and grab your tickets now at therootedretreat.com. What's up, Fab Crew? It's your girl, Kashana, and I am back for another awesome episode. (laughs) This episode actually is a little different because 
it's your girl's birthday. Ow, ow. We're celebrating my birthday, y'all, this week. And I have been writing down some thoughts for the last, um, oh, I don't know, a couple of months around like what I have been experiencing in this last trip around the sun. And, you know, normally on my birthday, I have some like, I don't know, profound revelation um, or thought process that kind of guides me through the year. But um, it wasn't coming to me as fast. But I remembered that I had been kind of writing little notes to myself. So y'all, you might hear some rustling of some paper. That's because I literally went and found every sticky note, every piece of paper that I have been keeping my thoughts on about just life and um, what life is like for many of us right now. And so I thought, you know, what a time to be able to kind of take a quick step back and think about um what does the reset look like for you right now as a leader? And I thought that I was like on leaving on a jet plane. Okay. Like I was on the way last year. And I have to tell y'all friends, listen, I got stopped in my tracks, my tracks, my tracks, because Life has a way of slowing you down when you want to speed up. I know some of y'all are like, if that ain't the truth, I don't know what is. And so I had things mapped, y'all. I had a particular way that I was going to grow Kashana and Co. I had plans for the Ruta Collaborative. I had plans for our e-commerce arm. I had, I mean... I was on fire, you know, and I was like, I'm expanding, I'm taking bigger risks, I'm investing in my business and myself, in my family. And I really thought that the work that I had been laying track for, for, oh, I don't know, my whole life, but in this entrepreneurship journey, you know, the last decade and in earnest in the last six years, that things were starting to finally pay off. And one of the things that I've always talked about and coming into the pandemic, I remember one of the very last keynotes I gave was about getting off the hamster wheel of busy. And y'all have heard me talk about that fab crew a bunch of times. Y'all know how I feel about that. But I talk about it a lot because I be over there looking at that hamster wheel like, oh, if I could just get a little exercise on the hamster wheel. But once you get on it, it's so hard to get off. And so what many of us experienced over the last year was that we didn't get off the hamster wheel. The ride just stopped, okay? Done and done. And it caused many of us to really think about the way we were operating in our personal lives, in our professional lives, with our families, how we were treating ourselves, like all of that just became a different vibe immediately. First survival and fear, right? And then like, what am I doing at the time? And then, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. And then wait a minute, why am I doing all this stuff? And so there were a couple things that came to me about like how, when I talk to my clients, when I am um, in training experiences right now with uh, teams, you know, 
the things that have been bubbling up for folks, you know, also bubble up for me. Y'all, I am not a robot and I am not perfect. And so one of the things that came up for me was this idea that folks are restless. And when I think about restlessness, I think about this notion that you just like, you want to sit still, but you just can't. You know, your toe is tapping, your knee is bouncing, your fingers strumming the top of the desk. You just kind of got like a, a undercurrent of like movement that you need to do. And because so many of us were used to stacking our lives with personal commitments, social commitments, professional pursuits and commitments, the stuff we had to do to even be in position to be seen and considered for any of those commitments. Um, it felt like life wasn't your choosing. And how many of y'all found yourself saying a bunch of times, oh, I just have to do this thing. Oh, if I don't do this thing, they're going to kill me. Oh, I just have to be there. And then you realize over the last year, do you though? And so this restlessness I find that for me, there was a stirring around like, what am I going to be doing next? Am I actually doing the right things right now? Is there such a thing as the right thing? I started asking myself all types of questions that I, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't ask those questions of myself before, but I kind of asked them in passing, like, on my walk, I'd be like quick thinking and there'd be 37 million questions that would pass through my mind. But I didn't really slow down enough to give each of those distinct questions, all very important questions, their fair share of my brain space. And so what ends up happening in that is that you're just restless, right? You just, you have things you want to do. You have a low hum of activity. Your brain doesn't really shut off. It just kind of dims a little bit and you want to move, but you don't want to move. You want to get up, but you kind of want to sleep. And you're just in this state of like indecision, which just makes you like antsy and uneasy. And I don't know about y'all, but I didn't think I really had challenges with anxiety prior to this pandemic, but let me tell y'all, maybe it was there and I was masking it with running for flights and running into, into onto stages and running into company boardrooms for trainings and just being on the run. But when I had, I want to say the opportunity to be with myself in my house, which is very nice by the way, but here all the time, we're like going to the front door and the back door in the backyard was the extent of it. Going to Target was an adventure and the highlight of my week. I mean, when life just became a lot more slow paced, um, I was confronted with this idea that I didn't think I was doing enough. And so I started to get really restless. And this restlessness resulted in me blowing up my company darn near. <laughs> Um, me letting go of all the of darn near all the folks that worked with me and for me. Some of the folks who were left decided they were leaving on their own. And it looked like I was going to be starting over. Except this time, I didn't feel the same level of like franticness. And I didn't feel the same level of like stress, even though I probably am stressed. My, my neck will tell you a different story as the knot that I can feel right this minute. Um is kind of poking out like, uh, uh-uh, ma'am, you are still stressed. But I didn't feel it in the same way that I did before. And I think that's because I actually 
have been learning to sit with the restlessness and to accept that this discomfort that I'm feeling from not having a, a tight game plan, not having, you know, the night, the next 96 chess moves laid out like that, that is actually an okay place to be and actually even a necessary place to sort of idle, if you will, um, to have like to have the car kind of just sits just idling um, so that I can think about and then be and then act powerfully on my next thing. And I think that for me is super, super duper powerful as you think about like, what does it mean to show up differently this year? What does it mean um, to reinvent yourself? What does it mean if you don't want to reinvent a damn thing and you just trying to get through the day? Like there's a point at which just getting through the day, y'all ain't going to be good enough. Cause then even that's going to feel like the struggle. And so in our effort to reassert ourselves um, in our roles and reassert ourselves as leaders, being able to navigate the restlessness you feel is so critical. The second thing that really stood out for me um, as I looked through all of my notes and looked through all of my like little doodlings and kind of was thinking about the themes that were coming together. The next big theme that came together for me was about big thinking. I was on a call with um, someone who I really respect uh, in the sector the other day. And she told me that, you know, when she had heard me um, in a previous conversation talk about the things that I wanted to do, she was struck by how big everything was. And she wondered if I was going to be able to do them all. And I was like, I don't ever wonder if I'm going to be able to do those things. I'm like, I'm not dreaming big enough. Uh, evidently, I am a big thinker. <laughs> but I think big thinking is something that is so freeing because, again, having to get off of the hamster wheel, like the emergency stop was ba like boodoo banged. I think jolted some of us out of the semi coma we were in, but putting one foot in front of the other. And so this is a season y'all to really be thinking boldly and thinking big about an area of your life where you may have been playing small because you don't know what success in that area looks like, or you have tried and you failed a couple of times, or like maybe you're a late bloomer. I mean, I have started to really accept that that's a thing. I have to tell y'all, I did not accept that before. Before I was like, nah, late blooming, huh? In your forties, really? But the truth is we get to it when we get to it, okay? And for some of us, big thinking has just not been our jam because we've had to keep our heads down, focused on making it happen, you know, right in front of our nose. And so for leaders who are really looking to leverage the, the tide change and the shift in the way we um, look at and think about leadership, it's going to be really, really critical for us to think about that big thinking. And for me, you know, my big thoughts are, I would like to have a syndicated show. I would like to have a syndicated podcast and TV show. I'm awesome on video. Um, I would like to speak on bigger stages. I would like to help more people and to really help more people to realize that they are okay just the way they are. And if they don't feel like they are, there are things that are in their power to change those things because your life is in fact your choice. And that that's going to take a different type of skill set and it's going to take different types of connections or maybe it's going to take 
accessing and activating the connections I do have differently. Or maybe it's just like I have to say it out loud, like I just did now that, you know, the thousands of y'all that listen to me right now are like, oh, you want to be on TV? Yes. Um, What are you going to talk about? You know, life, love, leadership, relationships, parenting, you know, the good stuff um, that y'all that y'all know and love me for and some new stuff that we'll dream up together. But that big thinking is important. And I have to tell y'all, when I was a kid, if you would have asked me, Kashana, what did you want to be when you were a kid? I would have told you a lawyer because my um, uncle, who was the youngest in his family and first to go to college of his generation, um, is a lawyer. And that's what I saw in front of me. That and I talked a lot. And so that was like the natural progression. People were like, oh, you're very chatty. You should be a lawyer. Should I, though? And so now I get to I, I get paid to be chatty, y'all. Isn't that cool? Oh, gosh, I got to love that when the thing that you get scolded for as a kid is not a thing that people actually want to pay you for. Hello, somebody. So if you're sitting on your, your childhood scolding, I want you to go back and look at it and think big about it. But big thinking as a leader is going to be really, really critical. And that comes into the way you're running your organization, the way you are managing your teams day to day, the way you're interfacing with your boards, the way you're interfacing with your directors. It could be the way you're thinking about your services or your products, the way you're thinking about yourself and your relationship with your kids or your partner or your parents. Um, Everything right now is up for grabs in terms of being able to think differently because the way that we access resources has changed. Like everybody's had to get creative and the pursuit of wealth, of generational shift, of equity, of place and space um, is palpable and is moving whether we like it or not. And so this is your opportunity to really think big about how you want to leave your mark on the world. And just because I'm saying think big, it doesn't mean that it has to be think visible, right? Um, There's a song by the Walls Group called Satisfied that always makes me cry my whole eyes out, y'all, when I hear it because it says if I never have the house or the car or if I would be a superstar, if my dreams never come true, would I be satisfied with you? And if no one ever knows my name and my gifts don't bring me fame, if everything I have someday I lose, will I be satisfied with you? Listen, now, everybody who's listening ain't a person of faith. I get it. But can I just can you just break down the words like if no one ever sees anything you do, will you be satisfied? And I was like, wow, like what a grounding thought. So what is big for you may not be visible to anybody else, but could be huge You know, today is the day that you decide to start treating yourself differently or to start loving on yourself differently or to start being kind to people around you or to forgive someone. Typically, it's yourself Um, so that you can make space to think bigger. And these are the things that I tell myself, y'all, which is why they were my musings. And so there's nothing I'm telling y'all that I'm not actively trying to practice, trying to divest myself of (laughs) disrobe. Um, so the next thing that showed up as a theme in all my notes was around failure. And, you know, we've talked to lots of folks about that. You know, I've talked to my friend Mark Pittman about failure. Um, I talked to my friend Nikki Simon about failure. I talked to, um, my friend Damali about failure. Y'all have heard me talk on the podcast to different guests about how to turn failure around. And so failure is a big 
sort of like elephant in the room. Like we know that it happens. We know that it's going to happen to us. And yet we try to avoid it at all costs. Sometimes by just not getting off the starting block, period. Like we're just like, yeah, we're not doing that. That is. Mm -mm. And for others, it is just doing the safe thing. Right. Like, so we're going to get off the starting block, but we really not going to jump into the race. An example. So the queen Ager is on the track team and the track teams here in New York city have really given me all version of Ajita because PSA PSAL has been shut down during the entire pandemic. And I don't know how they're trying to bring these babies back, but it is really confusing to the parents of the world of New York city. Um, and so she's not on a private team for track. She was for soccer and for swimming, um, but she wanted to, she wanted to run with her school and I, you know, I'm, I'm here for all of that. And so when she started out, I think she thought she was going to be a sprinter, right? So she was doing her fifties. Is that right? 55s. Oh Lord. I was a track mom for five seconds and a swim mom and a soccer mom for her whole life. So I'm still trying to catch up with all the right words y'all, but she was doing the 55s and the, and the, the, the hundreds. Okay. Who? I think that's it. And then, um, one day, um, my next door neighbor who actually ended up coaching her throughout the pandemic and kind of getting her mind right and getting her, um, getting her like, you know, into a different gear as an athlete, which I just love to see. Cause she's not listening to me. Y'all she's like, mommy, you didn't play no sports growing up. So you don't know nothing. I'm like, you know, um, not quite true, <sighs> but I digress. So she was out with her coach and he, suggested strongly that she consider middle distance and not just middle distance, but hurdles. And <laughs> the queen age's face was like, I'm sorry, what now you want me to do who? And he was like, I need you to consider changing it up because I think this is where your sweet spot is. I need you to think about, you know, how this is going to look for you to train differently for a completely different event. And what she said to me was like, mom, but like, what if I'm not good at it? Like, what if I, what if I don't medal? Like, what if I don't make my times? Like, what if she had so many, what ifs about the thing that wasn't happening yet? And it, what if it didn't occur? And I was like, well, what if it's amazing? And what if you're awesome at it? And she was like, I don't know if that's better. <laughs> so look how early we start with this idea that succeeding and failing feel just as scary, right? Um, but we have to embrace as leaders, the idea that we may fail, and the uncertainty of the future, y'all, it's not an excuse to not try. And it's not an excuse to not be clear. And it's not an excuse to like, like muddy our way through the dark. No, this is get the flashlight out, get focused. Because the reality is that we're going to have to try new things strategically. And sometimes like, because that's what our gut says. And we're going to see people operating in leadership capacities differently because the resources, both from the time, the talent, the treasure, the folks, um, people, resources that are available to us are going to shift. And so embracing failure is a thing. And like for me right now, I'm working on a couple of different things that could totally flop one that did right like I've worked on a couple book projects and they did not go the way that I planned and so I've had to postpone my first book right and I've had to send emails out to everyone who made a pre-order saying the book is delayed again and I'm giving you opportunity to take your money back because it's not gonna be out till the fall we are on track now thank god Whew. Um, but y'all I underestimated if 
to do things the Kashana way. Now, there's lots of ways I could have done it that it could have been out in 37 seconds. Um, but I had to even take a step back and go, what is the Kashana way? But I don't, everything I touch is not gold. And so really being able to face failure, to say, I'm sorry, to say, I didn't do that well, or be like, "Mm, that wasn't for me. Y'all like it's happening in real time. And I'm sure it's happening for each and every one of you. And so you can't predict the future, but in order to be able to have a thought about what the future could look like, embracing uncertainty has to be in your top five of how you're going to face the new now because it is in flux and that's what's going to be constant, the change. And so failure is a part of that recipe. And so you just got to, you got to get good at it and you got to get good at failing up and failing forward. And from where I sit, that feels super scary. You know, I am a black woman in in the world where we don't get second chances, y'all. And I know you're saying people are people. And of course you do, Kashana. You got to treat people individually. No, I don't get treated individually. If I mess something up today in the year of our Lord, 2021, there's going to be a whole bunch of folks that are still going to write off everybody I'm associated with as trash because I had a trash day. Like that's just what it is. And I have to live with that when I think about taking new risks. And when I think about um, doing things just to make me happy and to see maybe they'll make others happy, you know, like it's a gamble. And when I don't do that, I just feel like a robot. And y'all, I felt like a robot for the last couple of years, I gotta say. And so playing it safe so that you don't fail is not it. Hold on, y'all. I made myself a little lemonade cocktail for the evening while I talk to you. It's time to take a moment to breathe. Work might be stressful. Your partner may be getting on your nerves. These damn kids might be wearing you out and their faces are not so sweet today. But right now, you have the opportunity to do something so simple and so powerful that the absence of it is the HOV lane to the afterlife. What I want you to do right now is breathe. That's it. In for four through your nose. Out for four through your mouth. In for four. Out for four. In again for four. Out again for four. That's it. You feel the blood returning to your face? Is your heart rate slowing down? Good. Everything is going to work out just as it should. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, so the next theme that has come out for me, y'all, is on boundaries. (laughs) 
First of all, there's whole books on boundaries, whole books on stress and burnout. And I am in the middle of reading several of them at the same time. And so I've always talked to y'all about the fact that boundaries are they are for you. So they're like inward pushing out. So if you think of your hands, um, both of your hands, placing them on the top part of your chest and then kind of like down and out like that whoosh. So boundaries are for you placed out. They're the things that sort of like your force field, your way of creating conditions for healthier relationships, your way of creating space for yourself. And then I always talk about guardrails as the things that a company, an organization, a business puts in place to inculcate their team members and to ensure their team members have space to be human in the world and to do their jobs with excellence and to fail forward and to try new things um, and to stretch. And boundaries have been so interesting for me because anytime I start working on something, y'all, because I'm big on professional development and big on personal development. And so the boundary stuff helps you professionally. It definitely sits to me in the small, in the soft skills space. But I find that the minute I start talking about the thing I want to work on is the minute all of my gray hairs start growing in, (laughs) in multiples because it is tested. And You get your boundaries tested by every single person in your life in some way, shape or form. And the person who tests your boundaries the most is you. Like, y'all, isn't that like a whole word? Like you are crossing your own boundaries. You are disrespecting your own boundaries. You, my friend, are not giving yourself the time, attention and space you deserve. But why, though? For me, it's been the the desire and the need to be liked, to um, be the go-to person, to be the person that always has the answer because that's the role I've played just about my whole life. Um, I'm the connector. I'm the person who knows the person who knows the person. I mean, that is exhausting. I just want y'all to know. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know nobody, okay? Um, But that pursuit um, has really caused me over time to disrespect my own boundaries, to not take care of myself, to say yes when I should say no, to not suggest an alternative, to not stay firm when I've said no. Um, And that no is not the only boundaries that you can set. You know, like it has just been so fascinating. Um, And one of the things that has been really clear to me um, as it relates to my leadership walk is... In order for me to be able to model what I'm teaching, which for me is very important, I, I do not like to live on the hip, on the hypocrite side of the, of the world. But in order for me to model what I am teaching, I, evidently I got a trial by baptism. What baptism by fire? Wait a minute, I think I'm confusing analogies here. Wait, okay, okay, I'm back, y'all. In order for me to be able to 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 do this well, for a lot of it, I li- I lived it. And multiple times and people I know. So <laughs> there's lots of anecdotes I can touch plus statistics if you'd like it. But in this particular regard around boundaries, this part felt like out of reach for me because I was like, well, of course I have boundaries. And upon closer inspection, I did not. Simple things like I'm going to be out of the office for the next few days on vacation with my family. And I had to slap my own hand to not open up my calendar for appointments for folks because they were like, oh my God, I need to talk to you sooner than three weeks from now. And I, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I am unavailable because if those folks were unavailable, I would not be able to get to them. 
And so being able to have boundaries that protect myself, my health, my sanity, and have me come into community with folks rested, with a clearer head, with a brighter spirit and disposition is far more important than me able to get somebody on the books early just because it's urgent to them. Because if an opportunity is for me, it's for me. And I think that that shows up in the workplace for me. That shows up in my personal life, um, being able to say, no, I cannot join you at an event. No, I cannot come to that thing. No, I cannot do the errand, but I can recommend you five people who can or two services or a volunteer. Um, those things have started to really take priority so that I can give it the best that I got. Giving you the best that I've got. Come on. Um, that I have to be able to do that when I'm with you, but I can't if I'm depleted. Um, and so it has really been on my mind that in this new leadership paradigm that we're moving in, that being able to have healthy boundaries will allow you to be able to grow really healthy relationships. Um, and there's some fantastic work, um, out there on that. Uh, I think one is called, is it setting boundaries, find peace? I got to get up and look at it y'all. Um, but there's a couple of really good books out on boundary setting that have just are, are literally going to be in my leadership go-to. Like if you don't know how to do that, that goes along with being able to have crucial conversations to be able to really be a good communicator and listener um, to really be able to stay focused and in moment when you're with folks like, Oh, all the things I could talk about. So boundaries is something on my mind. And then the last thing y'all that's on my mind before I get out of here is being able to seek peace over happiness. And I think that I have been pursuing happy for a long time. And it always feels like this elusive, like it just slipped through my fingers. Y'all know at the, um, at the video arcades when we were kids and you would try to get like the stuffed animal from the gumball machine and you'd be like, ha ha ha, I got it. And no, you actually didn't get it. <laughs> um, it would slip right through the little metal tongs. I think those things were rigged, by the way. But it's sort of like that, that... Happiness always felt like I just, I just grabbed it. I grabbed it with the hands and then it slipped through. It's gone. And so I wondered to myself, what would life be like if I just pursued peace? If what I was looking for was actually a life that was peaceful to me. And my word of the year coming into 2021 was ease. And I remember talking to a girlfriend of mine because two of my good girlfriends and one of my best friends, um, so that's three people I know actually, um, have the word ease. And we thought of this separately, right? We didn't even have a conversation about it. We came together like, what's your word? <laughs> uh, I was like, show your paper, one, two, three. <laughs> um, and it was ease. And I remember saying, ease doesn't mean easy. It doesn't. Um, you can have something with ease and it not be easy. And so to seek peace doesn't mean that it's going to be the simplest pathway. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the most removed from people and interactions. It doesn't mean simplifying your life, minimalizing your life, capsule wardering your life, whatever that it is that you've convinced yourself that peace looks like happiness looks like, but peace, I mean, just like the stillness and the sweetness in your spirit that all is good with you in the world and everything that's happening in this moment is for this moment and supposed to be happening and being good with that, man, that is my goal. Okay. 
And that means being able to get a rejection from a huge opportunity that you thought was an opportunity and being like, I'm cool. Or being able to have shifts in the folks that support you and being like, they did well in the season they were in. They have served their role and I have served mine. And being cool with that, being able to enjoy relationships. And for me, um, I think a lot about this because I think about my personal relationships. And y'all have heard me talk about this before. And if this is your first time listening to me, you know, just pick an episode, any episode. We go, we talk about relationships a lot. Um, but episode um, eight with uh, Coach Cass will be your best bet. So slide on back to that one for a full on relationship conversation. But because I am a single and looking to be partnered at some point, again, in my life, having, you know, I'm a divorcee, y'all, I'm a divorcee, um, is really important for me to think about, like, what does it mean for me to to have an existence that is peaceful, um, particularly if I want to be partnered? And what does it mean for me to show up as my best self in that piece? And what needs to be added to, removed from, amplified um, or dimmed in my life in order for me to be able to get to that place where I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. And I think that for many of us, particularly if we are in named leadership seats, because everybody has an opportunity to be a leader, no matter where you sit um, professionally and in your personal life, which is why the good old deaconess feels very powerful and a deacon at the church, even if they are a line factory worker at work. Um, So situational leadership and situational power are actually a thing. But I was reading the other day that um, older millennials um, right now, I feel like it was in, oh boy, I should really write these things down. Uh, where was I reading this article? Was it MSNBC? Um, CNN.com? No, it'll come to me y'all. I was reading an article online the other day that my friend, um, on Facebook put up and it talked about the fact that older millennials who are turning 40 and I am on the other side of that, y'all, I'm a lady of a certain age. <laughs> um, I am also a Gen Xer, very proud. We are the forgotten generation all the time. I digress, but the article was talking about the fact that there are a lot of millennials who, older millennials who actually are not striving for the C-suite. They're not on um, an executive leadership track because they don't want the extra hours and they don't want the extra stress and they haven't actually seen from the folks who they admire, who they were originally trying to model, um, you know, the upside to being in that particular driver's position. It doesn't make them less ambitious. It doesn't make them less hardworking. It just means that they are making different choices for their lives in a very intentional way. And that if they're able to be super duper solid in the work they're doing and find joy in that um, and add value, then eh, maybe the extra stress isn't worth it. And so this peace thing is a thing, I gotta say. Mm hmm. So as I come into my birthday and into this year, you know, I want to know from y'all, like, what are some good things y'all want me to be thinking about? You know, I know I've talked today about thinking about the restlessness that we're experiencing now as leaders and being able to think big and being able to embrace failure as a part of our growth and to set boundaries so that we can have healthy relationships and to seek peace over happiness because happiness is fleeting and it's slippery. But peace, man. Ooh peace. Even when you say it, you sigh, I think with peace. Like, what does that look like? You know, um, what does it look like to really assess your life through that lens? And I know for many of us, we've, we've had many big open questions. And for those of us who journal, you know, lots of journal pages full of these, these wonderings that we have about how we're going to show up in the world. 
moving forward, particularly on leadership journey. I know for one, I'm about to have more fun. Okay. Listen, y'all, I told y'all I started taking voice lessons and piano lessons, even though my piano skills are trash um, because I don't practice as much as I should. And I refuse to cut my nails. And so evidently my piano teacher has told me that I'm not going to get better if I don't cut my nails. Well, I am not cutting my nails. So does that mean I'm going to be trash y'all? There has to be a way around this. There has to be a YouTube video. Um, but I'm also going to do more things that I want to do. I saw the other day that there is a jump rope over 40 club in New York. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm here for that. I'm about to do that. It's going to be great. And y'all, I really can't roller skate. I can like hold on to someone's hand and go around in a circle, which I don't think counts as roller skating. So I've decided I'm going to learn properly. And evidently there's a whole how to learn to roller skate class that is near me that I'm going to do. So I'm out here for the joy. I'm out here for fun. I'm out here for experiences that are not tied to how much money Kashana and Co is bringing in and making our revenue goals every month and making payroll and seeking new clients and new speaking opportunities. All of that happens because it's the course of the business I run, but I just want to do stuff that's cool y'all and fun just because it's for me and because work is going to be there. And I was made for more than work. So that's all I got y'all for today. That's that's my birthday thoughts. Um, this morning I had written some notes down about, you know, repurposing content and and how Nicki Minaj did all that. But I think I might write about that instead. Um, I got thoughts. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. If you haven't seen how she has been able to um, snatch back her fans' attention, all the barbs. My daughter's a barb. So I have to give her a shout out um, because uh, she was able to repurpose and, and repackage some of her awesomeness from her early days and make it fresh and new. I'm take a page from her book, you know, don't always have to do the new thing. Speaking of big thinking that actually that what she did was a big thought. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a think on that more, but in the meantime, y'all make sure that you have a fantastic weekend, that it is safe, that it is awesome. Um, you know, I, it goes without saying that this week for many of us was a tough week. Um, I'm celebrating because it's my birthday, but also this was year one of the day that George Floyd was murdered and that the tide really started to turn in, particularly stateside in the U.S., um, around injustice and what we're going to do about it. And so I know for lots of folks this week, we are in a week of remembrance. We are in a week of what's what's next in a week of like reactioning the work um, and getting folks who sort of sit on their duff to get back up and let's keep going. So I know that some of y'all like are looking forward to an opportunity to rest. And if that's you, I wish you the best of it. And if you're still in the fight, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being in the fight with us. Let's do this together. And I'll be talking to y'all real soon. All right. On our next episode, I'll be talking to an award-winning arts leader about transparent leadership and how they've been able to rethink what's possible to thrive as a leader. Y'all get out the tissue for this one, okay? But in the meantime, make sure that you download, subscribe, forward to a friend, and leave us a five-star review so we can keep the conversation going.